Hello and thanks for listening to the Shrimps Verdict podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio. All opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the contributors and not necessarily those of either Beyond Radio or of Morecambe Football Club. This podcast has reached tens of thousands of people so far this season. If your business would like to reach those people in an extremely cost-effective way, you can drop me an email for more details to dave.salmon at beyondradio.co.uk. Salmon as in the fish. Or you can send me a private message on Twitter at DP Salmon. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. After. Doherty and then oh it's going to break down there because Greg Lee has picked the Spurs man's pocket he's going to what try and go up is. and over oh nearly into the path of Cole Stockton he's going to put Joe Roden under a bit of pressure though and the Welsh international Roden just hoofs it out for a corner Dave I've said it before I'll say it again just real lack of communication there from Tottenham causing themselves their own problems and uh, Morecambe there to, to pounce on their mistakes total lack of communication so disappointing from uh, from elite level footballers but uh, a really big opportunity for Morecambe now first corner of the game Alfie McCalmont well capable of delivering a very dangerous ball into the mix when he needs to can he do it here Joe Roden was obviously looking for keeper Galini to come and collect that ball and there was uh, no communication at all but here comes the corner Morecambe's first he said really good what? yeah that's put Morecambe into the lead Brilliant corner from Alfie McCalmont and it's the skipper who scores the biggest goal of his life and one he will never forget for the rest of his career to shock the Premier League opponents here in London this afternoon. Great corner from McCalmont, side-footed finish from Anthony O'Connor and after 33 minutes it's Tottenham Hotspur nil, Morecambe 1. Absolute delirium! In that Morecambe away end, incredible scenes for Morecambe. Brilliant delivery from Alfie McCallum. I asked the question, can he do it? And yes, he did. It was a great ball in. And there was captain Anthony O'Connor to slot home. And Morecambe fans do not turn off your radio. It's Tottenham Hotspur nil. It's Morecambe 1. Get in there. And of all of the people to score a goal up from the back like that, captain Anthony O'Connor. And what a finish it was, but what a corner, you have to say. An unbelievable corner from Alfie McCalmont. We know the quality that he has. And he put it on an absolute plate. O'Connor was completely and utterly unmarked. And he just loved, just a lovely side foot finish. Nice cushion three or four yards out. Pascalini to shock the Premier League big guns here this afternoon at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Morecambe are a goal up against Spurs. Captain Fantastic. And that will do. Booze echoing around the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium here because the Super Shrimps have shell-shocked their illustrious Premier League opponents. We have given everything in this first half. 73 minutes gone. There's 17 minutes left for Morecambe to hold on to. Their lead here in the FA Cup. Here comes Harry Kane. Bulldozing his way through. Kane is going to get it ball out towards this left-hand side. And Matt Doherty's in a real foot race there against Ryan Cooney. Doherty beat Cooney to the punch. And that's going to be a yellow card for Morecambe defender Ryan Cooney. It was a, a, a genuine attempt to go for the ball. They were going herring towards it. And Doherty just a little bit too quick for Ryan Cooney, who finds himself in the referee's notebook. No complaints there from Ryan Cooney. Like you say, I think it'd be a, a real shame if, if either player in that position were to uh, pull out of the tackle. And uh, Cooney just arrived a little bit late and, uh, and caught his man. Fair yellow card, can't have too many complaints. From the left-hand side, it comes in. Now it's a real boat gone all the way in. It's gone all the way in and finally Morecambe's resistance is broken. 16 minutes from time. Free kick given away by Ryan Cooney. And it's the captain, Harry Winks, who whips it in with his right foot. It's sailed over everybody, over Trevor Carson and into the far corner to make it Tottenham Hotspur 1, Morecambe 1. Yeah, it's, it's disappointing. It's uh, a good free kick. Whipped into a really dangerous position, wasn't it? Just went over the head of everybody. I don't know if uh, if Carson or one of the defenders thought it was just going to clip the bar or go over, but uh, 
unfortunately wasn't to be and it's uh, it's Tottenham Hotspur one, Morecambe one and Tottenham will well and truly have their tails up now you'd say. <clears throat> I'm not convinced that was a shot you know, I think it was across to the back post. Yeah, dipping cross. And it just beat everybody. Area. Yeah, I have to agree. I have to agree. Not not in your right mind would you try an effort from there, would you? Surely not. And after defending so well for so long, Morecambe have had their backs to the wall for pretty much all of this second half as the Premier League Giants have piled on the pressure and finally, perhaps fortuitously you might say, Spurs, the Premier League side, get back on level terms here at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in the FA Cup. There might be one last twist in the tail though for either team. Don't rule that out either. Sessegnon down this right-hand side, gets it into the path of Harry Kane, gets it back to Sessegnon, who is dispossessed by Alfie McElmont, who gets it towards John Abika, who's just going to try and bulldoze his way through. Definitely have his shirt pulled there, was John Abika. 100% having his shirt pulled there. Of course, the Tottenham player is going to say all's fair in love and war, but Oliver Skip definitely had a hold of him there, didn't he, Matt? And that's definitely going to be a free kick to Morecambe. Yeah, it's, it's it's a foul, isn't it? Tottenham frustrated with the with the scoreline so late in the game. The free oh. kick comes to nothing. Oh, we've been dispossessed, and Lucas Mora is clean through one on one. He's going to take it round the keeper. He's going to make it two one to Tottenham Hotspur. Five minutes to go here at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and that could be the turnaround that the Premier League Giants were looking for. And it came from our own free kick in the Tottenham Hotspur half. We made a mess of it and Tottenham just poured forward on the break. It was a simple pass through and it was the substitute Lucas Mora who found himself with the freedom of the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Nice and cool round Trevor Carson, rolls it into the back of the net and the turnaround's complete. Morecambe's resolution is broken. On the 85th minute, it's Tottenham Hotspur 2, Morecambe 1. Very, very cruel. And Ryan McLaughlin just totally robbed the possession. I think in his mind he had a bit more time than uh, than he actually did. And uh, Moura, obviously, <laughs> prolific striker, isn't he? Pace just advances forward, takes it round uh, Carson and slots home. And for, for Morecambe's performance this afternoon, that is very, very cruel. It's cruel on Ryan McLaughlin. It it's is. cruel on Morecambe. We, this extra time is the least we deserve yeah. with the effort that we've put in. But football's a cruel game sometimes. Ryan McLaughlin, I think, is almost in tears inside the centre circle. But that is the way that Premier League football works. A cruel game indeed. And it's Tottenham Hotspur 2, Morecambe 1. It's just devastating. I feel so sorry for him. Is it the, 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 the biggest compliment you can play you can pay to more they've had to bring the big guns on haven't they they have but also they've known they've been in the game Tottenham yeah. they have known that they have been up against it for large spells of this game oh here comes Kane oh he's made it 3-1 and that is international quality indeed from Harry Kane of course they had to bring him off their bench with a scoreline at 1-0 down and just had the ball slipped into him Got it out from under his feet, six yards out, and quick as a flash, just side foots it into the far corner. An absolute quality finish, no more than you would expect from a player of Harry Kane's calibre. And that is going to be game, set and match at Tottenham Hotspur 3, Morecambe 1. Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimp's Verdict on Beyond Radio. Yeah, it's a credit to the lads. They've come to a world-class stadium against world-class players and, and pushed them, frustrated them for 75 minutes. Um, I think it's a special mention to the manager. He set them up all week, and obviously COVID is the reason he's not here today, but it shows you the, the tactics and the setup and the system that we've picked today worked. Uh, it frustrated them. They had to bring on the big boys towards the end and a little bit of tired legs and, and different reasons. So we'll be disappointed we couldn't hold on, and, and obviously when you're so close to it, you think, you know what, dreams could happen, but... I think overall the boys have to be proud with their performance. I was going to say, we've, we've 16, 17 minutes to go, one nil up. Spurs hadn't really created too many chances. Do you think this could be a day? Yeah, listen, I think I think we stopped. We, we hadn't been passing the ball as much. I think when you give them waves of attack against you, they're too good to, to do that. We have to, to pass the ball. Uh, part of the success in the first half was that we actually landed on the ball, kept it and passed it. Um, and that gives you a chance to rest with it. Um, in the second half, we didn't quite do that. It was waves of attack, ball went up and didn't quite stick and it comes back. 
and uh, and as I said, they're too good. And bringing on Mora and Kane and all these boys, it just shows their quality in the end. They did actually look quite vulnerable in the first half, didn't they? Yeah, listen, I think we every team is when you're when you're expansive on the attack, which they were. If we can hold possession and actually spring then there's chances you can have against them I think uh, first half we did that second half we just didn't we never really got going uh, we never really the changes didn't overly work for us as well um, in terms of fresh legs and bringing on some some new kind of enthusiasm into the game but um, but as I said I can't fault them they've been fantastic uh, I was lucky enough to be able to lead them here today on behalf of the manager but they're a credit to themselves a credit to the club and, and I think um, if someone had said we'd led for 75 minutes we'd probably have taken that saying there when Spurs had to bring on Lucas Moura and Harry Kane to get into the game you know you've done some good things yeah exactly and again I go back to it the system it's not it's not blowing the trumpet of the manager but the system and the tactics the gaffers worked with them all week and, and put in place a plan that that in, in theory was very very close to succeeding against one of the top teams Champions League team and themselves so um, so that's that's a credit to the manager shame he couldn't be here he's our leader he's the one who, who sets us up so um, but hopefully he's watched that and he's listening like us he'll be frustrated with errors he'll be frustrated with goals conceded but um, when the dust settles we have to concentrate now on the big stuff which is the league going forward Is there a tinge of disappointment you mentioned it there about the goals conceded and the way they were conceded? Always listen every goal is a mistake every goal you can compound point towards individual errors you can point towards collective errors whatever it be um, I think some of them are controllable 100% but they'll say the same about theirs it's a corner for them it's controllable they let a runner go um, so it's one of them where did we deserve to maybe go and win the game on possession and shots probably not so you know that the pressure is going to come but you know that you have to ride your luck you have to be very very lucky to keep a clean sheet somewhere like this um, so I'm never I'm not going to pick holes in the, in the goals we'll look at them individually and ourselves but um, there's no blame the boys ran themselves into the ground and if they get tired with the last 15 minutes to go I have to say it's understandable on an individual level, Jacob Beddow came in. What a great way for him to make his debut. And how well did he do? I thought he was fantastic. I thought he was, honestly, I thought a special mention for him. I think there was loads. I think the, the back three in general were fantastic. Um, and I think he, he showed what he's all about. He's, in, like we described him during the week, he steps in. He's comfortable on the ball. He's enthusiastic. And, and he came straight into a ground like this, only having trained with us for a few days and show what he's all about um, obviously he's not played that many minutes at first team football recently so legs wise we always knew it might be a struggle um, but it was actually a shame that we had to bring him off um, great that we had a deputy in, in Gibbo to come on for him but, um, but I thought he did fantastic and great support if you say from 3,000 travelling fans yeah it's fantastic to see them hopefully they had a great time where they came down to this morning on the early bu- on the early buses or they came down yesterday and had a little bit of a party um, that's what you want because you fear coming down here that you maybe come down and get a bloody nose like some teams have done at big clubs um, but in fairness to the boys they did the opposite they gave them a day out they gave them excitement they gave them goals um, ultimately disappointment because we go home without anything but, um, but again we have to be proud and hopefully they'll be proud of that performance and finally back to the league next week important to perhaps keep the good things from today into that performance next week yeah listen completely different animal what we're playing against um, Wimbledon are a, a massive threat we know that They're a bit more obviously a lot more direct than what we face today um, systems wise tactics wise we'll, we'll reassess and look at that again we had joy with a certain system against Doncaster we changed it today for the um, the challenge that we face today so um, good that we've Trevor in good that we've got uh, Bedo in they're obviously additions to our squad Hopefully we can keep working on that. Um, and the good thing is the manager's out of isolation during the week, so he'll be back and, and able to work with the lads in the training ground and, and help us out as well. Did he keep in touch with the manager during the game at all? Or just listen to it? No, he was listening. He was brilliant with me and I spoke to him at length before the game. He just said, listen, I trust everything you're doing and, and I'll back you in your decision-making. Um, he was in touch with us um, as much as he could be. Um, so he did have input in some of the stuff we did um, but ultimately he, he trusted us to, to make judgement calls based on what we saw uh, as I said some of the changes potentially didn't work out for us in terms of um, having a huge impact but, um, but that is what it is you always make these judgement calls and it's, uh, it's always a what if if the gaffer was here would he have done something different possibly um, but uh, from my point of view the trust that he gave me to, to lead the team is something that I'll remember well Anthony yeah so near so far a 3-1 defeat three goals for Spurs coming in the last 15 minutes he did so so well for so so long yeah you just summed it up um, you know ultimately we're disappointed that we lost again but there's positives to take of course there is we defended really well uh, kept him at bay for large periods of the game and um, 
you know, it's testament to us that they had to bring on, you know, the so-called world-class players. But even so, we're still disappointed. All the goals are, are preventable. We know that. Um, kind of been this, you know, the story of the goals we've conceded. It's really all preventable. But there's definitely positives to take. I'm really proud of the lads today. Really, everyone to a man worked their socks off. Listen, it's not easy when you come up against a team like Spurs, who are, you know, a, a top, top team in, in world football. And have a top manager as well. So um, we knew we were going to be defending for periods of the game, but I think we showed bravery at times to try and get on the ball and not just lash it and, and you know, slice clearances away all the time. We tried to show bravery and get on the ball because I think you've you seen last night when Chelsea played Chesterfield, you know, I was, you know, did, you know, listen to, I know it's Chesterfield against Chelsea, but they didn't really try and put their foot on the ball and try to buy a pass. And, you know, it was a, it was a long game from him. We didn't want it to be that for us. And I know we had to defend for large periods, but really proud of the lads. There's a lot of positives to take. Not least that you scored to give Morecambe the lead on 33 minutes and a well-worked goal. And you must be so chuffed to get the goal. Yeah, a goal is always nice. Listen, I'm not walking away from here thinking, oh, I've scored a goal. You know, it's it's brilliant for me. Listen, I'm ultimately disappointed that we lost the game, and that's that's that. If we could have won the game and I didn't score, you know, I'd, I'd chop your hand off for that. So ultimately disappointed. We came here to try and cause an upset um, 95% of the country probably wouldn't have given us a chance today but I think we showed that we're a, a good group of lads that work hard for each other um, and hopefully we can take that forward into our league form I'm sure if we do that we'll we'll start picking up some results that, that we need At 75 minutes on the clock we just thought let's pray that nobody made a mistake to let them in and in the end it was probably a mistake in the end that gave them the chance for the free kick Yeah listen um, there was a couple of couple of incidents in that. You know, I'm not I'm not here to point fingers at anybody, but there was a couple of incidents that could have been prevented. And you know, maybe maybe there was some tired minds out there. You know, tired bodies. But you know, when you when your body is tired, you know, you got to try and stay fresh in the mind and try and have a clear head to make good decisions. And you know, that's probably where we come up short today. And um, like you said, a couple of mistakes has, have done us. It's not as if they've carved us carved us open with great play or. Listen, I know they're a top-class team, but we've defended really well, and like I said, all goals are preventable. So we can we can take courage from that. That you know the goals were from our own doing, and not from them absolutely, you know, battering us, so to speak. So um, so yeah, good day out, but ultimately disappointed. I know you mentioned it there, but hopefully you can now carry that onto the league form. Second half of the league campaign starts in earnest next week. Yeah, and had a massive game coming up. Probably, well, it is it is a more important game than today. Today was just a bonus. Getting a great, a, drawing a great club like Spurs today was more. Today was more for the fans, you know, a great day out for them, and we wanted to come here and cause an upset, of course. But brilliant for the fans to come here and obviously experience us scoring a goal here at a great stadium. But the league is our bread and butter, we know that. Uh, I'm sure the manager will be drilling that into us during the week. That you know this game is gone now. It was a bonus. Proud of the lads for the shift they put in, but the bread and butter is the league, and uh, you know that starts. That starts in training this week, building up to a big game next week. When you look back on it, will this be a day you'll always remember in your career? Yes, definitely. Uh, you know, like I said, not just for the goal, but you know, just coming to a great stadium. You know, it's probably probably the best club stadium in, in England. Um, you know, my family were here, um, my, my missus, my, my kids, uh, my uncles, my cousins. You know, and then for them to experience me, you know, playing here, and like I said, having having to score a goal as well, you know, a brilliant experience. But I won't rest on my laurels. I know that the league is the bread and butter, and that's what our focus will be on going forward. And a great following from the Morecambe fans. Brilliant, brilliant. They didn't, you know, they didn't shut up all game. We could hear them throughout the whole game, and even at the end, gave us a, you know, a great applause at the end. And hopefully, our efforts, you know, didn't go unnoticed by them. And I know it didn't because you know they gave us a great ovation there at the end. And I think they realised we put a, a really good shift in. We'll just come up a bit short in the end. It's the Shrimps Verdict podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio. I'm actually standing in the uh, away technical area at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Blagged my way through uh, without a pass or anything, but here we are. And, uh, well, what an occasion it's been. What a weekend it's been for Morecambe Football Club. And a case of so near, but yet so far. It finished in the third round of the FA Cup. Tottenham Hotspur 3, Morecambe 1, but the Shrimps leading the game for the best part of 40 minutes thanks to Anthony O'Connor's goal 12 minutes before half time and, and for so long we thought that a real chance of a proper fairy tale cup upset but 
They brought on their big guns. Harry Kane, Lucas Moura came off the bench. And that ultimately proved to be the difference between the two sides. Hello from Dave Salmon and hello from Matt Smith. Matt, so near but yet so far, but we have got so much to be proud of if you're a Morecambe fan tonight. Definitely. I personally couldn't be proud of the lads. Uh, to come to a place like Tottenham Hotspur in front of their fans against some world-class players uh, in an incredible stadium and, and push them pretty close, you know. Um, it's just a testament to, to the work that the lads have been doing. I thought they were tremendous. I really do. Um, I think that the goal, uh, sorry, the, the scoreline at the end, um, I don't think it painted a proper picture nah. of the game. Uh, I think 3-1's a bit harsh on Morecambe. But, um, yeah, everyone associated, associated with the football club can be hugely, hugely proud tonight. It was on, though, wasn't it? It was on. For, for so long, it was on. And what a corner from Alfie McCalmont. Great finish from the skipper. He kind of played down his goal just in his post-match. But uh, what a, a way to lift us. And, and for so long in the set, I know we were being pinned into our half for large periods of the second half before they got that equaliser, which we'll come to in a second. But it was on, wasn't it? It was really on for so long. Yeah, it, it was euphoria when... Uh, when Anthony stuck that goal home, um, it just just makes you smile, doesn't it? You know, it means so much to so many different people. So for us to take the lead and then hold on to it for around like 40 minutes, like you say, it's absolutely tremendous. Um, and like we say, not just taking the lead, just the general performance. You know, the biggest compliment you can pay to Morka was the fact that, like you've already said, they needed to bring Kane and Moore on, yeah. and and then ultimately it was Kane and Moore who won them the game. So. We, we pushed a really good Tottenham side really, really close this evening and that is just something to be really proud of. The goals they scored, Harry Winks free kick, it wasn't a shot, it was a cross to the back post that sailed in. It was one of those that just beat everybody, one in a thousand that nestles into the, into the top corner at the back post. And that's disappointing, I suppose, in one way, but Ryan McLaughlin is, is going to be really dis- and you could see we had a pitch that we had a monitor didn't we in the press area he was in tears in the centre circle giving away that goal uh, for Lucas Moura and that's what it means to the players isn't it yeah of course you know a lot's been made about how much it means to the fans and rightly so given what they missed out on last season um, but it means an equal amount to these players you know um, all, all these players want in their careers to come up against world-class opposition and prove themselves and they've done that today and they were so close to not only proving themselves but to coming away with a, a very famous win so naturally you know you're going to be very very disappointed and, and like I said to, to lose the way we did uh, it is disappointing but the overwhelming emotion has got to be pride really um, at, at every single player in a Morecambe shirt you don't see it on the telly do you when you watch match of the day or, or watch soccer Sunday and Sky or whatever it might be you don't appreciate the quality of Premier League footballers world class players and, until you actually see it in the flesh and Lucas Moura's goal and, and then Harry Kane's goal as well just the way he spun and then put it into the into the far corner that's why he's a £100 million player I suppose isn't it? yeah and, and it spoke volumes um, of what these players mean to their team when they came on you know it was uh it just lifted the whole place. You could tell as soon as they came on that, and the quality that those players have. You know, like you say, it's not just what they do on the ball; it's what they do off the ball as well. And you know, Kane was just immense when he came on. He didn't put a foot wrong, and Mura, just two excellent players out of a very solid squad. And again, that's why it's disappointing that uh, we couldn't get the win. But to push a team like this so close, amazing. It's been a great weekend, though, Matt, hasn't it? Let's not take anything away from from the occasion. Three and a half thousand Morecambe fans over in the northeast atrium, as it's called here at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. They made so much noise, and, and what an occasion it's been for them. Yeah, amazing. Um, they missed out on Chelsea last season. They missed out on some key league games that led to promotion. So to see them, obviously last night as well, but also travelling down today and and just embrace the atmosphere, embrace the game, embrace the cup, uh, and they did that in abundance. And they didn't stop singing all game. And it was just again brilliant to see. And hopefully we can take that on to the next couple of league games. And for us as members of the media, Matt, as well, I mean, let's not, if we can talk about ourselves for just, just a, a few seconds, these occasions don't come around very often. I mean, they might come around for you when you're a superstar doing whatever you do in years to come, Matt, but an oldie like me, it's come and gone. But uh, these are fantastic occasions all round, and the facilities here, we said it in commentary, didn't we, on Shrimps Live, easily the best stadium in Europe, definitely one of the best stadiums in, in world football today. It's just on a different level, isn't it, entirely? Yeah, 100%. It is just unbelievable. Just standing here, pitch side, looking up at the thousands upon thousands of seats and uh, 
you know, again, Morecambe came here and a lot of teams would have buckled under the pressure. A lot of teams would have been overwhelmed by the occasion. We didn't. We came here and we gave them a right go. And, and it's just, just full of pride just knowing that. I really, really am. Finally, Matt, we take that heart, tenacity, desire, fight into the league. We're going to be OK, aren't we? Yeah, we have to be, you know, um, the Doncaster game as well. We take that second half comeback and, and spells of the first half when we played really well. Uh, we, and then we, we take that from from what we've seen this afternoon. And if we play like that in the second half of the season, we'll be absolutely fine. Wow, what an amazing weekend it's been. Certainly one that I don't think any Morecambe fan will ever, ever forget. An absolute honour and a privilege to be playing at one of the best stadiums in world football. And thank you so much to all of the staff uh, inside the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I know they made the fans and the press and everybody associated with Morecambe Football Club uh, feel so welcome. It was such a special occasion and uh, we are so grateful to be part of it as well. Now back to the capital next weekend. The Shrimps back on the road. The bread and butter of the relegation fight at the foot of the League One table takes us to New Plough Lane, the home of AFC Wimbledon. You'll remember uh, that they beat us 4-3 at the Mazuma back in September. You'll remember Cole Stockton's chip from 40 yards uh, being one of uh, those goals. One of many great goals, of course, that he scored this season. But uh, not much separating the two teams going into this one next Saturday. Ahead of the game, I've been talking to Stuart Deacons. Stu is one of the hosts of the AFC Wimbledon Fans Pod, the Nine Years Podcast. Go and check that out now, uh, wherever you might get yours from. Uh, Stu, a lifelong Wimbledon fan and the ideal person to get the full lowdown on the Dons ahead of the Shrimps trip to the new Plough Lane Stadium next Saturday. So firstly, Stu, it would be remiss of me before we get on to matters on the field uh, not to plug your podcast and, and fanzine and what you do. So tell us all about that. Yeah, so we've been going since oh, crikey, about six years now, I think 2000. I mean, the first season we, we, we got quite lucky, actually. We hit the um, League Two promotion season, um, which ended in Wembley. So we sort of hit it really well. Um, but yeah, we've, we've got a weekly podcast, um, which goes out on Friday. Uh, myself and Nick Draper just generally an hour of chat about football um obviously mainly Wimbledon but we do touch on other stuff um we also do a Sunday night live um which we we're fortunate enough to get some players on the management team um so we do that um yeah it's generally just um our Twitter site is just generally a, a talk about football we also do a match day um a match day coverage through Twitter which is done by my friend Chris Draper which is quite um What's the word? It's a, it's a light-hearted view of game. It's, it's not an official, this person's shot. It's like, how the hell did they miss that? That sort of um, stuff. So, yeah, we're just, just generally football fans. are um, Quite lucky that we just do stuff to do with uh, the podcast. Is there a reason why it's called Nine Years? Yeah, good question. I'm going to get asked that a lot. Well, the reason it's Nine Years is because it took us nine years to get back into the Football League. Aha, of course. Yeah, so 2002 is when we obviously started back in the Conway Counties and then... A lovely day at the city of well, city of Manchester Stadium, beating Lewin Town on, on penalties. So you've been following the club for for, for many years. Do you tell us about your history of supporting the club. Yeah, so my first game was um, nineteen ninety uh, against Arsenal at Plough Lane, uh, which of course we're now we're now back at just down the road from there. So yeah, uh, I think we're my thirty first year. Did, yeah, done it all to be fair. Um, like I say, I, I literally, my, one of my best mates who was a QPR fan was able to get me into Plough Lane on that um, that afternoon as you can sort of jump over turnstiles. I don't think I could do that now to be fair. Um, and I just got hooked, got hooked. Um, Hans Seegers stood behind the West Bank um, up against the fence, still fences back then. Um, and um, yeah, Hans Seegers was one of my favourites. And yeah, ever since then, followed him, obviously went to Sellerst. Then obviously when we reformed, um, so yeah, I've been around, seen lots of games, and you've seen lots of good times and, and lots of of crashing lows as well, especially as as the club had to reform and, and then rebuilt through the divisions. Yeah, yeah, I look I look back at it now, and um, you know, I think when I first started going to watch Wimbledon, I I had many of my friends and people that we sort of you know, kind of coach travel would talk about the days coming into football league in seventy seven. You know, and then back in them days, you had to be elected um, to get into the league. And I was always a little bit like, that's a mad journey. Didn't think, uh, you know, 
15 years later in 2002 we would be doing the same thing but i think you know i do say to to people now that we should appreciate what we've seen you know we've got combine counties and stood on let's be fair um park pitches yeah. you know i'll be honest with you you know we um so sometimes when you go through that journey when you do get beat in league one by maybe a, a wigan or something you actually can reminisce and go well do you know what look we started um in the combine county so where we where we come to now so that's where i look that's where i get my sort of um after a defeat i sometimes reflect um and yeah it's an amazing achievement we've done never forget where you've come from i suppose is the is, is the message isn't it but 20 years since the since the reformation it, it's flown by for me i can remember it clearly when it all happened back in 2010 mm. Yeah, yeah, it does actually. Um, it's weird, isn't it? Because when you look back now, we were just, um, there was someone asking the other day whether we had any video footage of, we had, um, so back when it was reformed, we had a meeting in the Women's Community Centre. Um, and that was a day before mobile phones, you know, sort of like cameras, videos and stuff. And people were asking, we've got any footage and we haven't. You sort of think now, like, if we had footage of what it was like when we first started, yeah. um, it'd be crazy. But a lot's happened in those 20 years. Um, and it's and sometimes you know when when you look back at it, people don't. It wasn't as easy. Not that people think it's easy, but we never paid the most salary. Um, you know, we didn't go out and spend mega money on everything, and um, we we had we had some really big challenges. There was many a time when we hit a playoff. So back in the you know the Isherin League, the Ryman League, um, you literally would be top couple go up, and then you go straight into a playoff, and it'd be one leg. And we had many, we had, I think, two seasons where we just didn't get up. And it was sometimes that momentum, you need that momentum. Um, and we had that back under Terry Brown. We were 1-0 down against Staines in the playoff um, final, and we got two late goals to go through. And some people look back at that and think, if it wasn't for that, um, we, we could have stayed, we could have sort of stagnated. Yeah. Um, you know, you need to keep going. So there's been many memorable days um, that have contributed to where we are now. Now I've been to Kings Meadow a couple of times. I, I suppose it has the old stadium had it had its uh, critics, didn't it, Stu? Had people Definitely. that loved it a bit. I mean, I one particular memory of the last time I was there was uh, there's a cafe just around the corner that's got optics behind the counter, and you can have a, a double brandy with your cooked breakfast if you want. So that, that was all right <laughs> when we got off the train. But uh, of course, back at your brand shiny spanking new stadium, and that must be wonderful. Yeah, um, I think when we when we reformed, I think you know that King, Kings Meadow has been great. Was great for us. You know, we needed a a ground. We needed a ground that we we you know we had for a couple of years to qualify for certain league standards. Um, but if you'd said to me back then we'd be back at Plough Lane and what we are now, I'd have yeah, I'd probably been more in disbelief than I would have. You said we'd be in League One um, because we were always told that it is impossible. You know, if you. I don't know if you've been to to Plough Lane at all yet, but not the new one. No, look, really no. looking forward to it. Yeah, it's in. You know, if you look at a lot of grounds nowadays, they're out in the sticks. You know, like if you look at the Shrewsbury's and stuff like that. You know, they've got loads of land where this is actually in a really built-up area, um, and you wouldn't think that you could get a football ground in there. But you know, thankfully, uh, Merton Council were really on board and getting us the land. And it's weird. You can literally pass it and not even realise there's a ground there. That's how weird it is. It's, you know, it's really up built in there, but it's um, it's home. You know, it's for me. Like I say, thirty years ago, it was a Plough Lane last game. I remember Ian Wright scoring a hat trick for Palace against us at Plough Lane, and now we're back. I would never have believed it. And um, every time I go, every time I go to a game, I'd be truthful. I still sort of sit there and think, "Wow, you know, this is ours." It's it's crazy. Um, but it's been achieved. Um, I don't know how. It's been an amazing journey. So it's matters on the field then, Stu, and it's fair to say that our game, I know you've got, as we speak now, you've got the FA Cup against Boreham Wood to play on Saturday. Good chance for you to get in the, in the fourth round and hopefully get a big draw. We're away at Tottenham Hotspur on Sunday. No, it's, so yeah. That's going to be an unbelievable weekend for us. But to matters... And I suppose the more pressing matters than big days out against Premier League sides, given our respective positions and how the seasons has gone so far, it's a huge game for both teams. It is. It is. Yeah. I think, obviously, you know, you come off a, a great win uh, against um, Doncaster, which 
um yeah Carl Stockton scoring goals again bless him um yeah it's a it's a weird one isn't it because we haven't played we you know we we were on a good run we got a draw at Wickham uh to all they scored late on we you know we nearly beat Wickham in our own backyard and we were on a great run and all of a sudden you know Covid hits and games being called off left right and centre so it's very difficult now to really say to you, you know, back when the draw was done for Bourne Wood, I'd have said, yeah, I fancy this to go through. Now we've had one game since Wickham and we got beat Oxford pretty badly, to be fair. Um, and we looked we looked way off the pace. And now, you know, our head coach was honest and said, we just didn't look like we were there. You know, sometimes that match sharpness, you can be fit, but whether you're match fit is a totally different thing, isn't it? So I do worry a little bit that, you know, we're going to take a little while to to hit the ground running. So I think it's a tough game. Um, you know, obviously we had a we had a great game at your place and a 4 3 yeah, a thriller there. And um hopefully Carl Stockton doesn't get goals a month like he did against us before. So it, do you know what? Yeah, it's gonna be an interesting game. I think form as they say it I think goes out the window at the moment so it's like a winter break isn't it of where you're just restarting so um I think it'd be a good game there's no put this way you know you score goals we don't keep clean sheets um there'll be goals in it I can guarantee you that I suspect there'll be goals in it as well Stu if I think back to the September game at the Mazuma it was a, for us it was a, I don't know it was 4-3 but it was a weird game for us because we thought that Overall, we probably deserved the points, but it was our old habits, and they've carried on since September, conceding from set pieces, not picking up from corners, free headers, close range, and we've not got over that, even at this point of the season. And you seem to be really, really on the money, especially with dead balls. It, it, has that carried on as the season's progressed? Yeah, we had a really good patch. We felt obviously when we played yourselves, Annie Hagen on fire, really dead ball. Um, he scored directly and takes our corners and stuff. And we we, we haven't, I say, lost that effectiveness. Of course, teams wise up to it, don't they? You know, let's be fair. I remember um, before we played you, your manager was talking about, you know, we need to stop this than doing this. So people look out for it. Um, we have lost to quite a few players, tall players like Wood Nightingale and and stuff like that, who are affected from set pieces. I still think, you know, we are effective from set pieces probably not as much as we were back when we played yourself but we are it's a young team we, we are developing a certain unique you know Mark Robinson wants to have us playing on the front foot a passing game um, which yeah, if you're a Wimbledon fan from old passing what was that all about um, but we have changed our style massively um, and we are looking at a lot more goals from open play so we are we are a, a project in, in 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 progress at the moment. You know, Mark Robinson talks a lot about processes, and it is that way. So sometimes, whatever team women turn up is is an interesting one. You know, we can be on fire, um, or we can put in a performance against Oxford. But yeah, set pieces we are still strong on. Um, and Hartigan is is our massive um, player for that. So for people that didn't particularly watch the home game or, or may have forgotten about it, because it was back in September now, uh, tell us everything we need to know, Stu, formation, players to watch, and so on and so forth. Well, yeah, I don't want to give you too much away. Um, <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, you know, we, we very much play uh, a 4-2-3-1. Uh, we play a big man up front, Oli Palmer, um, who, to be fair, we, we've he's, he was injured last year, mass- missed him massively. This season had a bit of a knock, and we again, it showed what we were missing. Um, we play three really sort of like, it, it can effectively be a front four in terms of Oli Palmer doesn't necessarily stick as a, a target man. They do interchange with um, Aerosol, uh, Jack Rattoni and um, uh, McCormick. So they're, they're out, it's, it's quite, you know, when they're on form, you know, against um, recently against and crew and against Cheltenham in the cup, they were on fire. And I'd be truthful, I've not seen, uh, uh, such an impressive performance from us for a while. And, you know, I'm holding I'm the two, so forget me on the edge of my seat is a little bit of an interesting one. And I was, you know, genuinely entertained. But like I said before, it can be inconsistent. But behind there, um, Annie Grudjard and Annie Hartigan are the holding uh, two midfielders. Uh, and then defensively, um, and Hennigan's been the ever-present. And um, Nick Zanev, you know, we, through years, we've always relied on lone goalkeepers. Um, you know, championship, premiership club, normally about four easy, then they annoy Nick one from there. 
but we've actually got Nick Zanev who's come through our well, he, he joined us about three or four years ago, taking his chance, and and now arguably probably in I would say easy top ten goalkeepers in League One, easy. Apart from when he's off his line and Cole Stockton chips him from <laughs> from fifty yards. I mean that that aside, Stu, I suppose somebody who scored eighteen goals this season, you have to be worried about Cole. Fingers crossed, he's still going to be a more can player a week on Saturday. I don't think there's any reason why he won't be. I've not heard any whispers at, at time of recording any significant transfer speculation. So uh, you must be concerned about keeping the top scorer in League One quiet. Definitely, definitely. Um, but I think there's more. I think, I think there's more to your game. To be fair to that, you know, I've seen. I forgive me. I can't remember the names, but the two wide players. Um, definitely, when you switched it around against us, causes all sorts of problems in that second half. Um, you know, Cole Stockton seems to be a typical. Well, I say he doesn't. You know, he, he seems to be in the right place. Um, yeah, the goal against the goal against us was just like, yeah, okay, yeah. I think it it happens. And do you know what? We, we play a risky game. Nick Zanev is more of a sweeper keeper. Yeah. You know, we do, we do, the old word now, a new word, recycle. When we recycle possession, we do use Nick Zanef quite a lot. So he is off his line quite a lot. So we always thought that he might be in danger of being lobbed at some point. Not, you know, to be fair, the, the goal is one of those goals that you sort of, you, you, you curse, but you also admire, you sort of go, look, you know what, you took a chance, you shot. He's going to be dangerous. Um, yeah, I'm sure he's attracting attention. Um, this this window's probably for you know clubs of our size not great if you've got players um, making headlines um, and we've got a couple in our own team that are being put in sort of top I've just seen one this morning a top five list and um, you sort of like you don't want them to be too noticed too much really because I'm sure Cole Stockton is is a pivotal you know point of your team in fairness to Nick Zarnev, Stu, um, Alex Cairns, the, the, the Fleetwood keeper, was chipped from inside our own half. So, you know, if that <laughs> makes him feel a bit better, then there you go. Uh, but hopefully we can both of us keep our, our better players in the building. In terms of your lead position then, Stu, you're only a few points off the bottom four. I think it's one of those, I suppose it's the same every season, isn't it? There's always eight, nine clubs in that mix. We are two of those eight or nine clubs. Do you see yourself in a relegation battle or is it the project like you're saying and, and you're going to pull clear? If you'd asked me after Wickham, I'd have said we would be looking upwards rather than downwards. Um, you know, we'd, I think we'd only beaten five. Then we've had the break and then we've obviously had the game against Oxford. The, the issue we've got now is games in hand. So we've only played 20, 21 league games. We've only yeah. got four games in hand on most teams around us. And the, the, old, the old head in me tells me I'd rather have points on the board than games in hand. Um, we've still got, I think, we've got a crazy situation of like 17 games in 50 or 55 days. Um, we're, we're playing Saturday, Tuesday. So I think we're in a relegation battle purely because of the size of our squad. We'll struggle to deal with those amount of games. Um, and it's a young side. We've got, you know, we've got the youngest average age in the league. And with that means you get inconsistency. You also get players that their body is probably not used to the ring world of League One. So, I would be honest with you. I'm, I'm worried that we will get drawn into a relegation battle. I didn't think I, I didn't think we would, which is amazing because we we finished twentieth in the last two seasons, so we should really be in a relegation battle. But these games in hand are worrying for me. And, you know, COVID has frustrated me a little bit because you know the bigger clubs will be able to deal with it um, massively. Um, but I'm sure I'm, I'm sure your squad is not as as big as you. You know, if you look at the Charlton's Pompey of the world and. I think it will benefit them. So I don't think we should be, but we are. We're, we're going to be in it because of the amount of games we've got. Are you in a position to uh, bring many new recruits in during the window? I wouldn't have thought so. Um, January window is, is a bit of a desperate window, isn't it, as well? You know, the ones who you know, need players, who wants to come to a club that's in a relegation battle, stuff like that. We, you know, we're a fans own club. So we've got um, a four and a half million pound loan to pay in April. Um, so a lot of the funds are going in at the moment. We've, we're due to launch another bond um, scheme to, to raise two and a half million quid. So really, any money that we have won't go into the budget. Um, and realistically, we've we've got to be careful that we don't have some people coming vultures coming to us offering us money for players and no we're going to accept. So no, I think we we recalled a few loans. We've got quite a lot of loans out. I've got a feeling we have to again end up recalling a lot of the loans. Um, We've we've got good relationships with Premier League clubs now. Uh, Mark Robinson has done a lot of presentations with 
Chelsea, Arsenal, and stuff like that. So hopefully we might get a bit lucky with the loans coming, but I'm sure you know I'm hearing that a lot of clubs now because of the amount of games they're going to be playing aren't necessarily letting their players go. So I don't think much is going to happen in this window, to be honest with you, and that that will mean that we are going to be stuck with probably a nucleus of 18 players, and that's why we're going to look. We're going to we're going to have a battle. Um, it'll be fun. It's tough to get through those games, certainly when they start to pile up with the cancellations, isn't it, as, as the season uh, goes by. What, what is your take on that, Sean, the whole cancellation of games? The, the, the phrase that, that I'm not a particular fan of is games being postponed due to COVID and other injuries. That, to me, seems yeah. a bit of a loophole in the, in the regulations that uh, teams could perhaps, well, let, let, let's say they could push the... The, the spirit of what the regulation stands for to the limit. And, and that doesn't help clubs like ours with those smaller squads. I think the word you use spirit is, is quite, yeah, it's spot on. It's a spirit of competition, isn't it? It's, it's one of the things that's crept in, isn't it? Yeah. I think when the games were postponed early on, it was because of COVID and the amount of people that tested positive. And now it's coming to injuries. Well, that shouldn't really make any difference. Um, and I'm a bit cynical. I'll be honest, I'm, I'm a cynical yeah. person because I think, you know, football does that. It's amazing that we had the the AFL trophy games Absolutely. this week and amazing none of them got postponed. Absolutely. Um, and I'm not going to name names, but there was a club that was due to play us over Christmas and they played an under-23 squad. Well, why could they not put that out against us? You know, that's the cynic in me um, on that side of it. I think, you know, we, as a club, Wimbledon have gone on record and, and sent an email to the EFL. I don't know if you've seen it. Of that yep, absolutely. It was a, it was a know, very, very strong statement, wasn't it? And I think that got widely applauded and for good reason, because there are concerns along those lines, aren't there? And rightly so. Yeah, I was really surprised we did that because we don't really like upsetting people. We're quite a nice club in terms of... But I think we were seriously frustrated by it. We'd, had, um, we'd lost a game against Charlton, um, sorry, we lost Pompey first, then we lost Charlton on Boxing Day. We had the Oxford game, but before we played Oxford, we'd already lost a Plymouth game. So how do you prepare for those games? Um, also, financially, Charlton at home on Boxing Day is a massive, a massive it's going to be midweek now. So I think, I think the, if I'm being honest with you, I think the EFL are a bit weak on it. I think they should have been stronger. Um no one even knows of, of what the tests are. So have you got to produce lateral flow tests? Well, let's be fair, we could all we could all fake a lateral flow test. Some tap water and away you go, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So where is where is that? You know, and I think no, I was disappointed that Charlton wouldn't play us because they got a massive squad. Would I say if I was a Charlton fan and you had a few injuries, would I try and play the game? Yeah, of course you would. So I think you know the clubs are not wrong in trying to play the game. But the EFL now have got, and they've also got a massive problem because normally the EFL want you to play the rearranged game within a certain period. But from our point of view, we're playing, I think, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday until mid-February. Is that fair for us? Because actually on all the games, we we had a squad, we were prepared to play. And you could argue now we've put ourselves in a very challenging position if we did cancel the game because we've put ourselves out there and said, you should. So... No, it's not good. And, you know, even with the FA Cup, you know, we could, I think they're going to be decided on the day now, aren't they, the, yeah. the football? Which is good in a way, but we're now sort of the situation going, well, if, if we win, we punish ourselves even more because that's another game that's got to be rescheduled. So you're going from an attitude of going, well, if we don't get through, it's not the worst thing in the world. But that money, obviously, in the FA Cup is, is massive for clubs like ours. Yeah, especially when you've got a loan to pay off in a few months' time, I suppose. it mm. Every penny counts, doesn't it? Stu, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate your time. Very quickly no before we go, prediction time, pin your colours <laughs> to the mast. Results for Saturday and are both Wimbledon and Morecambe going to be in League One next season? I hope so. I hope so. I hope Morecambe are. Um, you know, I've been to Morecambe many a times and it's a lovely club. Um, and it's a big league now, isn't it? So there's so many good games to have. So oh, I think no. you will. I think, I think, do you know what? If you keep hold of, of goals, Doctor, then try and keep, you've got a massive chance. You know, you get goals, the ones that he's scoring, I think you'd be fine. Um, prediction wise, I don't, I'll be honest, I don't know. It's really one of those. It just feels like it's like the start of a season again. You, you know, how's the score going to start? So there'd be goals in it. I wouldn't be surprised if it's got two or three or draw. I'm a confident or win. Not majorly, if I'm being honest with you, because I think we, we've got a little while to go. Well, if you'd have seen us in the first half against Doncaster, 
Uh, we were three 0 down against bottom of the league. They've only they'd only scored thirteen goals all season, and we let three in in about twelve minutes. How how are they bottom as well? Though they've got still got a decent team, Doncaster. But they they weren't great. The second half, we just absolutely steamrolled them. Yeah, and and they were just they they were not up for the fight. I think in terms of the players on the field. And if you look on paper, they have got some good players, absolutely. But they just they just didn't have the stomach for it. And my co-commentator yeah. on, on on the games said to me at halftime, um, and and she's followed Doncaster for, for a number of years. She said, if you score once in the first ten minutes after the halftime, you'll win. And we just laughed at her because, well, we've played so terribly, mm. absolutely not. And we scored in the first five minutes, and we deserve to win the game in the end. So I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, hopefully we're going to be tighter on the set pieces. Hopefully we'll find <laughs> another goal from 50 yards out if we need to. But uh, I think above all else, we're looking for a good performance and, and another good day out uh, to another brand new stadium. So uh, we're, we're quite excited about it, really. Yeah, you, you love Plough Lane. Um, it's, it's a lovely ground. Of course, I'm biased, but it's a ground. You know, I don't know if you, you've probably been to places where you think the ground is too big for, for them. You know, why have you built such a massive ground? Well, ours is 10,000, has the capacity to go up to 20,000. But it's an old-fashioned ground. It's it's full, you know. So good atmosphere um, when we're winning. Actually, tell what, we're, we're quite good when we're losing even. You know, we're very supportive of the team. But you'll, you'll enjoy it, and I hope you have a good experience of Plough Lane. Stu, really appreciate it. Uh, one more time then, give us the sales pitch for the Nine Years podcast. Where do we find it? Yeah, so we're on Twitter under Nine Years Podcast. Uh, we're also on YouTube, again, under Nine Years Podcast. And um, yeah, um, come and find us. We, we, Nick and I don't always just talk about Wimbledon. We uh, we do sometimes dip into what's going on in the league and fair play and all that sort of stuff. So we're very opinionated. <laughs> but um, it's just genuine chat. It's a chat that runs mates and we, we record it and people can listen if they, want, if they need to. Go and check that out right now. Stu, thank you so much indeed. Uh, good luck for the rest of the season. I really hope you stay up because I, I like Wimbledon as a club and everything that they stand for, I think, is fantastic and everything that a club should be. So thanks very much indeed. Uh, good luck after Saturday, of course. Definitely good luck to yourselves for the rest of the season. A huge thank you to Stuart Deacon. Stu, one of the hosts of the AFC Wimbledon Fans Pod, the Nine Years Podcast, a crucial game for Robbo's Reds next Saturday at the new Plough Lane Stadium. And of course, as ever, there'll be full commentary of the match on Beyond Radio. We'll be live from 2.45pm on 103.5 and 107.5 FM and on DAB Plus Digital Radio. Or if you're outside of the Beyond Transmission area, you can listen or watch uh, via the iFollow Shrimps Network as well on MorecambeFC.com. Click on the iFollow link. Uh, thanks as ever for listening to the Shrimps Verdict podcast. That's just about it for this episode. I'm about to catch my breath and get some sleep after a busy weekend in the capital. Thanks again, and we'll speak to you next time. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.